Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Welcome everyone to another edition of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. I am super excited because today, well, if you're on the podcast, you can't actually see this, but today I am not joined by Joshua Escalante Troche, but instead I am joined by fellow financial coach and all around like pretty good human being, I have to say, uh, Emily Rendell. Emily, thank you so much for being willing to come on. Yeah, it's great to be on with you. Yeah, it's fun. You know, Josh and I, we we have a good thing going and we have pretty solid, we like to think banter, occasional humor, which maybe some people find funny. But Josh has a lot of experience as an entrepreneur and also as a financial planner. And then I'm a financial coach, but have been doing it for six going on seven years. And so I think that like it's going to be really nice to have the perspective of someone who is a bit closer to the beginning of their journey. And I think is closer to where a lot of other coaches are, um, both in the financial coaches community, Facebook group, and um, those who are listening to the podcast. So like, thanks for taking the time to be on and chat. Sure. Happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, Chance to actually, chat with you. Are you happy to be here? I know you sometimes <laughs> hate being on lives. <laughs> I do. I do hate it. I remember when Josh told me I had to do a live for my launch, my program, can't do that. And I just, I just did it. <laughs> you did. You yeah. did. You and just have to. <laughs> it got done. And I mean, how was the experience? Are you like, wow, I, I'm glad I did it, but I never want to do it again in that way or. No, actually I've had a couple of thoughts since then of ideas of other lives I'd like to do. And I haven't done them yet, but no, actually, I, I think it kind of broke the ice for me. So it was a good experience and it got a lot of attention too, of course, you know, with Josh's program, how can you go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like that man knows what he's talking about. He does. Know it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think what's going to be really fun is just to hear your experience, right? So to share and hopefully so that other coaches can maybe hear of some of your experience in their own journey and learn from what you've done, what you feel like you've done well, things that you might do differently if you were to do it over again. So you ready to dive in? Sure. Let's go. Perfect. Well, let's just kind of start with how long you've been coaching and maybe a, a summary of like how you got into financial coaching in the first place. Sure. So I have been coaching almost two years. I started my business the weekend that COVID hit. Yay. That was fun. Thought it was only gonna be a few weeks, Thought oh, it'll be perfect timing. But yeah. And that didn't happen. No. <laughs> so yeah. So I was a stay-at-home mom at the time. And I thought, you know, my youngest child is getting ready to go to school in the fall, which he didn't. But I thought that he was going to, and I thought this is a great part-time job. I've always wanted to help people with money and um, this is a great time to do it. So that's, that's kind of how I started. And as far as like how I, how I got to here. So I guess, so I started my first money, my money journey started really the current one started with my husband handed me total money makeover by Dave Ramsey, which you might know hit that guy. And, heard of it before. Um, yeah. 
And I read it in one evening and, and I ran with it. And I think he regretted it later because our first, our first move across the country, we were military. So our first PCS, the movers broke our television. And of course I said, well, we can't afford to buy a new one. And it still kind of worked. It just looked kind of funny. And I said, no, we're going to get out of debt and we're going to save money before we buy a new one. So yeah, he wasn't very happy about that, but that... <laughs> But there was, who is this Dave guy who gave you these terrible ideas? Now, who gave you that book in the first place? So I started off my career completely different, as most of us do, right? I was uh, my degree was in chemical engineering, of all things, and most of my career I spent as a project manager. And because I moved around so much with my husband, I have experience in all different industries. So I changed jobs every three to four years, and I actually was a consultant for a while. So I would change almost every year. And so I had experiences all over. So small biotech companies, all the way to Walmart and Johnson & Johnson. So very broad experience, background experience. And throughout all of that time, I always kept a financial book on my desk. And as a project manager, if you guys have ever worked with a project manager, you know, you spend a lot of time in their office. And so whenever somebody would come in, they'd see it and they'd ask a question. I would just answer it and we'd talk about it. And I'd encourage people along the way. And I guess that was kind of my first taste in what coaching would be like. And it, it just felt so good to know that I was helping people, even if it was just a small change that they made in their lives, just knowing that it was just a little bit better. So I guess that was my first taste. And then, as I said, when, when my son was going to school, I decided that was the time for me to get into a new career. And I thought, well, why not financial coaching? So what I knew was Dave Ramsey. So I went through his program. I didn't do a lot of research ahead of time. I just went through his program. It was the financial coach master training. And that was kind of my first introduction to the counseling side of finances, not just the numbers, right? Because I was a numbers person. I was yeah. the geek. Still am. <laughs> like you? you. No. <laughs> I've seen some of your personal spreadsheets that you shared. They are, they are robust. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And I love process, right? Too. I'm really good at the process. You are great at the process. I just like bow down to your ability to do processes. So yes, it's (laughs) impressive. So I finished that training and and the first thing I thought was, okay, well, what else can I learn? Like that's, that can't be the end. Right. And so I started researching more and learning more, found you and found your group and then joined the first launch, the FCN financial coaches network launch group, which was fantastic to go through that program. And that, to me, kind of filled the gap that I had in the business side of my of the financial coaching, right? Which is like, who am I trying to help, and and then how can I help them? And those were the two things that I felt like were really missing from my business. And you guys helped me fill that that gap, which was fantastic program. I highly recommend it to everybody. So then I finished that, which was oh gosh, several months of crazy learning, and then the launch. And and then when I finished that, I thought, okay, well now what's next? Because that's me. I'm always wanting to learn, and and at that point, I I had been I'd been hearing about AFCPE and and the AFC, and I knew it was something I wanted to pursue at some point. And I had learned that there was a scholarship for military spouses called the Finra Foundation Military Spouse Fellowship Program. I read it because I want to get it right because it was an amazing opportunity, and I did I actually did get it. So I found out that summer that I got accepted, and I started that training last fall, and. You've done the training, but separately. So the training through the, the FINRA fellowship was amazing. And it's taught by Sherry, who's in, I know is in this group. Yeah. And, and Heather, and I'm not sure if Heather's in the group or not, but fantastic training program. So if there's any spouses out there, military spouses, I highly encourage you to go through this training or apply to the training because it's, it's very good. Very well done. Awesome. 
And so I'm still in the middle of that. So I, I haven't been able to stop and say, okay, what next? Cause I'm still, I'm still in the, still getting ready to take the test. So hopefully this spring I'll be taking the test. I was going to ask, do you have a month set for when you think you're going to take it? I'm hoping, well, I was going to try and do it December, but that didn't happen. Other, th- other things like leaks in the ceiling happened instead. So, so life changed nice. a little. So I'm hoping May, because I want to be done before the kids get out of school for the summer would be ideal. That makes sense. And I feel like yeah. Josh, at some point threw out a statistic where like you're supposed to, I think it was maybe on the last episode we had where there is data for like the sooner after you take a test or the sooner after you study for a test that you take it, the better that you do. Yeah. So that was in response to me saying I studied for it and then took four years off. <laughs> and he's like, right. well, uh, that's probably not the best way, which is why I had to study so much. Yeah. And, and, and they did say that. They said if, because it was a very intense training when you're done, as soon as you're done, take the test. And I, I didn't. And, and it was, I mean, other, life happened and that's okay. So I'm going to restart. I'm basically going to start over again and read through the material again, kind of, kind of start over. So hopefully it'll be, yeah, hopefully it'll be done by May. Well, that's I my goal. Like- well, Go I said it here. Now I'm stuck with it, right? <laughs> it's out in the world now. It's it in the universe. Like you got to live with it. You know, it's so. going to happen. And I think what this two-year global pandemic has taught us is like our best laid plans, right? When you're like, oh, this is just going to be a couple of weeks. And two years later, yeah. you know, so I think it's it can help just give you some, hopefully like patience or grace, maybe another word. Versus like, yeah, life happens and the best laid plans. So that's great that you're going to do it by May and that everyone here in this group uh, and (laughs) listening to the podcast is going to hold you to it. I know they're going to ask me, hey, have you finished that that, that test yet? It'll be like May 31st. I'll be taking the exam. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely badger her to make sure that she sticks with it. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. So who do you actually work with and serve as a financial coach? Yeah. So, so I, um, I work with military families who are getting close to military retirement and I I have two different programs. So I I like to, I want to help them get control of their money so that they can create their next meaningful life in the civilian world and live in their ideal civilian community. Many of them are forced not to, and that's, that's my goal is to change that. So, um, if, if you're not familiar with military life, when military members transition to civilian life, it is, it's extremely stressful. And I've learned so much more from all the research I've done as part of FCN is, is how stressful it really is. Um, I mean, I watched my husband go through it, but it's different when you read the statistics and see like how bad it can really be. And uh, I mean, there's people report feeling a loss of sense of purpose in life and they feel like they don't fit into the civilian life. Um, and the studies that I read were showed that there was overwhelmingly more negative emotions associated with the transition than positive ones. Hmm. So I want to help reduce that stress that they have during transition and help them reach whatever goals they have. What are those military goals that they have for retirement? Um, and so I, you know, I look at the standard things like all financial coaches do, like you know, putting goals, helping them establish their goals, putting together a budget or a cash flow plan, help them pay off their debts, that kind of thing. But I also add to that helping them figure out what are those big money decisions they need to make while they're transitioning out. And the military does help with some of that. But it's it's typically high level and kind of generic, and so I help them with kind of the detail, the detailed side of that. What does it mean for your family, not just every member that's transitioning? And then also I help them with that career, like what what is that next meaningful career? Help them try to figure that out. And then what do you need to get there? Do you need to start training now? 
you know, is it complete change or is it something you've already started doing? Is it a hobby you've done? And, and help them research that. What does that even mean? What, what could, how could I possibly make money doing something I love other than the military? And then I help them figure out like, where do you want to live? I mean, think about for, for 20 years, somebody told you where you have to live and when you have to go there, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you have a choice and it can be anywhere. I mean, it could be anywhere in the world even. So, you know, that's a, that's a big choice. So is it something where the career is going to take you there? Is it family? Maybe you want to be away from family. Um, I've had, you know, I've known people that have gone and lived in a camper for a couple of years and just lived off their pension, which is amazing, right? How fun would that be? Yeah. So homeschool the kids in the camper, right? Lots of field trips. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately I help them find what is that next sense of purpose in life mm-hmm. in the civilian community and then, and then help them. I want them also to share, this is sound really weird, but share a little bit of what is so great about the military and help them share that with their civilian, their new civilian community, because it's, it really is a unique experience that you really can't explain and you can't, you can't duplicate it either but you can get close and there's, there's some things you can do. You can help out your neighbors more. You can volunteer those kinds of things. And they really do make a difference. Hmm. Did you know that that was going to be the group that you wanted to serve? Like, were you pretty clear from the moment that you kind of decided that you wanted to be a financial coach, that that was the group that you wanted to serve? Or did it take you a little bit of time to figure that out? No. In fact, I, I think the thought of, of helping the military was kind of overwhelming to me because there's so much to it. That at first I just I was like no nah, I'm just going to serve my local community and I I like the people that live close to me I'm just going to help them and it wasn't until going through launch that I really kind of Josh asked some very very good questions to kind of get you to think deeply like what is it how who do I really want to help and even though the thought was scary to me and I knew it would take a lot of learning and a lot of research that's who I really wanted to help and and so. No, it, it definitely took a while to get there because when I started in March and it wasn't until I think October or so that I, that I switched to military. So, so yeah, so it did, t- it took some time for sure. And it, and it's worth taking the time to do that. I would agree. And it's okay to think of one group to serve in the beginning, then choose a different one. And then ultimately to even choose a different one after that. Yeah. I think that it can be both scary to choose a niche because that idea of like narrowing down and you're eliminating all these potential right, people who could work with you. Um, but also the idea of like, oh my God, if I choose this niche, I'm like, I'm married to this forever and ever. Amen. You know? And so I think yeah. it's just important to let people know that, yeah, you can take time to figure out what that is. And then ultimately, if you try it out and it doesn't work for you, you can change it up. Unlike yeah. you choosing the May deadline for the AFC test, that <laughs> cannot change. So don't, uh, just don't think you're getting out of it. You are. Oh, what if we have another leak in the ceiling? <laughs> just, your husband's going to be like, uh, this is weird. Yeah, Every time Emily has a really hard deadline, the ceiling leaks. <laughs> I'm on to something. <laughs> but, okay. Well, now he knows. Sorry, the gig is up. Um, okay. So you started kind of is like, I'm going to do financial coaching in March of 2020. I think it was. When did you actually start um, working with clients and were they paying clients immediately? Were they kind of like clients where you didn't ask them to pay? What did that start look like? Yeah. You know, I didn't start with, with the non-paying clients. Like a lot of people do. I think I didn't know better. Maybe is the reason, but I don't know. No, I started with a paying client and it was in, I have to look that, look up that date again. Okay. The May, it was in May. So it was two months, I guess, two months into oh, nice. uh, after I, I launched the business. Yeah. So 
Yeah. And so the the cool thing was because I started FCN, like while I was working with her, I was able to incorporate some of that into my business as I was going, like as I was learning. So <laughs> not, maybe, not the best way, right, maybe not the best way to do it, but, but I certainly was able to add in some, some great things towards the end of when I was coaching with her and, and it worked out really well, actually the timing worked out perfectly. So, um, but the funny thing was, so I had like a, you know, a six month program and because she was on like month four, I was doing month four stuff. So I created my month four program before I created my month one program. So it was a little backwards. I don't recommend that, but but it worked out in the end. I had, an, I had an idea in my head of what it was going to look like as a full picture. Yeah. I love that. And I think the biggest thing that I've found in my own personal experience and then like working with coaches is as long as you aren't pretending that you are further along than you are and yeah. you're just upfront with clients, I'm like, hey, here's what's going on. You're one of my first clients or you're my first client. And I'm going to be like, I have an idea. I know what I'm putting you through. And also I'm going to be testing out some things building this out so that you don't feel like you have to show up as having all your stuff together or that, you know, then they're in on it too. And they can, if they choose to uh, approach it from the perspective of giving input. Right. I mean, you said you were part of the first launch FCN launch cohort. We, we asked y'all for feedback. You yes. know? Uh, we're like, we're going to give it to you at a discount because this is, you're the first group going through. We're going to be testing some of the, uh, wow, words, some things out. And I mean, y'all stepped up. You we we give you a lot of feedback. You can, I mean, both you, the individual and you as the collective group yeah. uh, gave a lot of feedback, which was super helpful. And, you know, just being honest with where we were at, I think ultimately made launch much better than it would have been if we like tried to pretend this is perfect from the beginning. And this is just what you guys probably would have told us anyway, but I think it made a much better experience. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and it was, and it was with her, it was, you know, like, Hey, I've got this new, I'm, Hey, I'm going through FCN right now. I've got some new things in my program. Kind of, is it okay if you, you, you know, you're the first person to check it out. And she was thrilled. She loved it. She thought it was great. So yeah, it worked out well. And so she was your first client. Yeah. How many clients? approximately, like, have you worked with over that time? Or do you currently have just to give coaches a sense of, and are you doing this part-time full-time where you at with that? Yeah, I'm very much a part-time coach and I have been since the beginning. So I started with, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of when I, when I added my second client, but I had three to five clients over the past two years, depending. So very, very part-time. And part of that was, was intentional. Part of it was, was not, but I mean, a lot of it was, so in the, in the fall, my kids, we lived in California where you are now yeah, and we left for a reason. Our kids were not in school last year and I, we, they tried virtual. It didn't work. And so I homeschooled for the whole year. And so that I had to keep it part-time. And so it, it kind of worked out that I just really didn't pursue. I didn't try to get new clients. And so I just kind of kept it real low. And so like right now I have three clients my kids are back in school full-time. And so I'm slowly increasing that. And so I've got, I suspect maybe three more clients starting in the next month or so. So it, it should be increasing pretty quickly now, hopefully. So that's awesome. Yeah. But part-time and I don't necessarily want to be full-time. So I, I like the part-time. I like having more say in my day and what I would do with my time. Yeah. And that's a really important piece to note. It's like how how do you want it to look? You know, a business is meant to be there to ultimately support the life vision that you have, the kind of stuff that you're talking about with your clients. So it's great to hear that you are living and practicing that on your own end and saying like, yeah, I want to homeschool my kids or I need to homeschool my kids. And this is how much time I have to be present to them and have 
hopefully a semblance of sanity on my own end while like building yeah. a financial coaching business. So I just appreciate you highlighting that and kind of how you see it for, for yourself. Cause it doesn't all have to be full-time business, hit six figures, have all the clients right. in the world, right? Cause that's, that may be someone's vision, but it's not yours. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Learnings, you know, so you've been doing this for close to two years, right? So what have been maybe some of the highlights of your coaching? And then also what are some things that like, if you could go back and tell earlier you, as you're getting started, like, Hey, do this different. I would do this differently. Or here's some things I wish I would have done instead. I know that's kind of a twofer and that's a really bad podcast host thing to do <laughs> is give you like two questions at once, but I know. I know you're your project manager. You can split that into two in your head and you can, you can handle it. <laughs> I like highlights of the coaching business itself, or I'd say your journey. Like if you're like, Hey, these have just been, it could be related specific to the business. It could just be like, wow, actually picking this type of people or, you know, niche who I wanted to help. Like it's been so satisfying taking the time to figure that out so that I help the right people, not trying to put words in your mouth, but that kind of a thing. Well, you just put words in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. So, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, highlight for sure. I mean, that was like a turning point for me was, was figuring out who my niche was and like really focusing on them. And I, that's when I started to feel like, okay, this is starting to make sense. Like, I don't feel like I'm just making stuff up. Not that I was making stuff up, but you know, like I felt like it made more sense to me. Now it was still very scary in the beginning. So I think it it still took me, I'd say between FCN and then the AFC training, the AFC training kind of gave me that more the the coaching side, right? Like the financial counseling part of it and the knowledge and the science, you know, the, all the knowledge, the financial knowledge to help me feel like I kind of knew what I was doing a little more. So I'd say it's the combination of the two that were really kind of the turning points for me of feeling more confident in my business and having things just written down. Like FCN really helped me write things down, which, you know, instead of it just being in my head. And so while it was time consuming for me, it was worth it. I don't know. And some people, there's like the opposite view, right? Which is, you know, just get out there and coach, just get out there and coach. And, and that just didn't work for me. Like it was just, I didn't feel prepared. I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing. And I think that, that, that they can figure that out, right? Your clients can kind of see that. Yeah. And so I think anytime I had, you know, now when I talk to somebody on the phone, I call up a, a prospect, I don't get nervous anymore because I, I feel like I've got something to back it up, right? I know when I say, hey, I've got this program, I know I have a program, right? It's, it's written down. I have documents to send them every month. And, and it just, it just, I, it really helped my confidence a lot. Yeah. It's nice having a structured process deliverables, which bet Josh has said that word 872 times in launch. But yeah, you're like, I know what they are going through, why the steps in the process are what they are based on my niche. And hundred percent agree that it just adds a level of confidence and clarity that you're like, I know why I'm telling you to go through these steps in this particular order. So I can talk confidently about why this either is or is not the right fit for you as a client. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, I just talked to a client the other or a, a prospect the other day and I told my husband, I just didn't, I didn't feel like he needed my coaching. And so I, I just don't, I don't pitch it. I don't, I don't say, Hey, do you want to work with me? If I don't think that they need it. And so um, that's a little different too, a little different way of looking at things. So awesome. Uh, I know some people tell you I always ask the question and I don't, <laughs> it's a little if different. you aren't feeling okay. it, if, yeah, if yeah. you aren't feeling it and that's the yeah. way it works for you, 
I love that because again, there's so much out there that says like, this is the way to do it. And I definitely am much more of the, yeah, listen to what has worked for other people, but then also don't let that override what your intuition or what you know is right for you. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you saying that just made me think of like parenting advice as well. It's like the same thing, right? Like listen to the ideas, listen to what the people, what's worked for the people, but at the end of the day, you got to figure out what works for you. And that's right. That's the most important thing. So get ideas, but make your own decisions. I love it. Okay. And challenges or things that you wish you would have done differently or yeah, wish you would have known. Yeah. So I think going back to where, when I struggled and what, looking back at the turning point for me, what was important to me, I think if I had just taken the time to figure out who do I want to help in the beginning, I guess that would be my advice would be like, think about who you want to, who you want to help and then figure out what do you need to learn in order to help them? So if you're like truly just starting off, you don't have any training, that's what I would do different. I would go back and, and say, okay, who am I going to help? And even if it was a different niche than I ended up with, right. Who do I want to help? I want to help people on the central coast of California, right. That was my initial, my initial niche. And so, and that's where Jack, that's where Garrett is right now. I don't live there anymore. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Was it like 80 today? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, well, it was 81 yesterday. I think it's yeah. going to be maybe about 78 today. Sorry yeah. for, you know, yeah. like Emily, uh, Blaine, who's in Minnesota. I, think it I is. know I miss my fruit trees immensely, but Colorado is beautiful. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Could be worse. <laughs> Sorry. So, anyway, so tangent. So, I mean, figuring out like, who do I want to help? And then what do I need to learn in order to help them? And so if I, I feel like if I had taken the time to figure that out initially, like what training is the best for me, then I feel like I would have been off. I would have started off on a better foot in this, in the first place. And so like, I know, so you have, I never did go, go through the questionnaire, but you have a questionnaire on, on the FCN website, right. That helps you figure out what's the right. Cause there's, you help talk about the different kinds of training and what's available. Correct. Can you tell me a little bit about that again? Or tell maybe tell everybody else. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So there is, gosh, now I even have to remember where it is in the, on the FCN website, but we'll make sure to add no, it to I'm the show to notes. So that makes it a lot easier for people listening to the podcast, but there is a survey and, and it stemmed from me going through multiple different trainings and certifications and just saying, Hey, like here, based on just my own experience as Garrett Philbin, kind of how I see these different programs and the different kind of areas or needs that they fulfill. So for the AFC, I was like, yeah, this is the like gold standard for do you know your technical knowledge and also assist you a bit on the like financial coaching and counseling side of things. Like there's the FFC, financial fitness coach, also from the AFCPE that I haven't gone. So I couldn't speak, I haven't gone through. So I couldn't speak to that directly, but that's like a really good one for the art of coaching as well. But it's a, it's a survey that helps you just by answering some questions. It'll help you kind of figure out a path of, Hey, am I looking for more support around building like the business side of financial coaching? Okay. Here's some resources that can help me do that. Am I looking for more help around like the technical, do you know your technical knowledge around financial coaching? Okay. Then that's more of the AFC that's, or some different resources to look into, or if you're looking for more of like the behavioral an emotional side of coaching and you want to dig more into like the, this, not the therapeutic side. Yeah. Just the more like emotional behavioral work, then here's some trainings, here's some other resources. And yeah, just stemmed from me wishing that I had that Yeah, um, when I 
got started. So I would know, Hey, this is kind of what I want. What the heck kind of path should I take? Yeah. Um, and that's our hope is to give some people guidance around those, you know, figuring out what path could be right for them. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, I think like even the, the counseling side, like you, like I know one of the people in my cohort was working with women who had been abused. They were in abusive relationships and they've gotten out of them. And you know, that's, that's important to have the counseling side. Right. And so like, that's, I think yeah. it's so important to just know who you want to help because, because honestly, I mean, that helps you define everything else in your business. Right. And all the way from the training, starting with the training. So just figuring that out. So that, that would have been, if I could go back, that's what I would do first is really, really figure that out. Gotcha. Anything else, any kind of smaller things where you're like, okay, that's the big one, but is there anything, just curious, anything else that comes to mind? I know I'm putting you on the oh, spot. Man. I know. Let me think. I think some of the things that you cover in, oh, I can't remember what it was called. It's the free email series that you do. Oh yeah. What was that called? It's like the 30 tips and best practices. Yeah. We just call it internally. We're like the email series. Email series. Yeah, exactly. but you can yeah. sign up for it on multiple pages on financialcoachesnetwork.com. That one. Yeah. That, that to me, I think would have been extremely helpful to go through as a start, even before, even before thinking about, about, you know, who do I want to help? Because it just helps you kind of answer the big pictures. Like, do I even want to be a coach? Right. And so that I don't know if I would have gone down this path if I had read that when I first started. So not, not that I'm regretting it. I just don't know if I would have. <laughs> so it's a great series for sure that I recommend it. and it's free. So that, you know, there's no reason not to do it. The price is right. Exactly. Well, and I, I'm really glad you say that because one of the things that is so important is like to be really clear on if this is what you want to do. I mean, it's so funny. I've had multiple calls with people kind of, if you go through that series and then there are multiple follow-up emails after that. And in some of those, like there's a link to have a call with me or to have a call with anyone from FCN. And in one of my conversations, multiple of my conversations, I've kind of like not talked people out of it, but really just dug into like, why do you want to, you know, they've shared of right. what's going on in their life and they want to do coaching. I'm like, why do you want to coach actually? Like, why do you want to start a business in this? And it's so funny because they've just been like, oh crap. Like I, <laughs> I, I'm actually not I sure I why, don't. you know? And it's so important because I think that entrepreneurship to a certain degree is glorified is certainly in today's day and age. And this idea of, you know, escape the corporate grind and start your own business or side hustle. And like, it's going to be this panacea. It's like entrepreneurship can just totally freaking suck a lot of the time. You know, it's uh, your boss is an ass. At least I can speak (laughs) in my case. And so it's not the right path for a lot of people. And even for the people it's right for, it's really hard. So I appreciate you lifting that up. And it's just super important to be like, yeah, is this really what I want to do? And even if you ultimately decide that, knowing that you can ask yourself that question along the journey as well. Like, is this still continuing to work for me or not? Yeah, that's true. I mean, we should always be asking that question, right? I have. I have many times. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to think. It's just kind of fun to, to ask this question, but it's like, who has been, or what has been like an experience with one of your most memorable clients? Cause I think it can be fun to highlight like the joyful moments or like, I guess memorable could be a negative thing um, <laughs> right? to just like highlight and kind of put a specific experience to like what some of financial coaching can be. 
Yeah. So they're all memorable for different reasons, right? Sometimes negative, like you said, you know, I always think back to my first client and, and, you know, I think it's not so much like the experience that she went through or that, that anything bad that she went through, it was more just her attitude. She just was very positive and a go-getter. And just, if I gave her work to do, she would like do it with enthusiasm and come back the next month. They're like, okay, what's next? And so she was like, she just ate it up, which is great. I mean, it's, as you know, and most of the people watching probably know, you don't always have clients like that, right? So since then, of course, I've had a lot of procrastinators and people that don't do work at all. And, and it's like every month, the reminder, okay, did you do that yet? Okay, let's do it next month. You know, the constant reminder. So it was great to have that, like as a first experience to have somebody that was so, so enthusiastic. And, and she even lost her job at one point and it, it like didn't change her. She still was very positive. And mm. And, and by the end, she, she was in a better place financially, but she also, she had a, a whole new career. So she had like lost her job and then kind of said, okay, well, step back. What do I do with my life? And, and realize, well, it's not this, it's not what I was doing. And so she completely changed careers. And in fact, we, we just chatted last week and caught up and, um, and oh, she's right. going to the next step. She's actually getting a financial securities license now. So she's just keeping building on and out of this new career that she's got, which is fantastic. So. Yeah, I really it was a really good positive first experience, which not everybody has. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and so, yeah. it's funny while you were talking about that, my brain immediately went to, and you'll probably be on this too as a process person, like, oh, okay. So yeah, I've definitely had clients too. And of course, everyone will have clients where they um they aren't doing the work or they don't have those specific qualities. And my mind was like, huh, what are things that you can do? And that I was thinking to my own clients, like that I can do better in my yeah. like qualifying prospects in like, how, is there a way to weed, weed people out or to, to get them to select throughout the process and questions to ask or hurdles to kind of jump through? And that's more, I would say like 201 or 301 level coaching yeah. business stuff. But a, a question that as you get more and more clients, again, you being a process whiz, like, oh yeah, what kind of things can I put into place? Is there a way to get more of those people to get to the finish line than the others? Curious. Actually, yeah, what, and what and you know, well, when when I, I was talking about how I don't always pitch my coaching to people, when when a part of my pitch is is to say, you know, this is going to require a lot of work, and it's going to require a different way of thinking than you're used to, and you know, are you ready for that? I my clients need to be ready for that, and so I do ask that question, and nice. you know, it can kind of gauge the answer. Although sometimes their enthusiasm just is like, oh yeah, yeah yeah I'm ready I'm ready, and then the reality is they're not so. Um, I probably could really look at that again and see if there's a better way to ask that now that you mentioned that. Yeah. Cause I do have, I have, well, procrastination doesn't bother me as long as the work doesn't gets done. Right. So actually I have, yeah. I have clients that we, we laugh about it every single time. Cause I can see right when they've logged into things. Yep. And so I'm like, I, so I see you completed your work this morning, <laughs> you know, like an hour before we met and we just laugh about it. And it's okay. We know, I know that they're procrastinators and they know it and that's okay. So, yeah. right. We, we are who we are. Right. So they Exactly. As, long as, like, as long as they get it done. Yeah. But the ones that does that don't get the work done, that's, that's hard because in some cases you can do the work together, right. If it's something that is, is important and, you know, but it takes up time from your coaching session. Yeah. And then, you know, other things that are important, like, you know, like get your will done, you know, like that and they don't do it. It's frustrating. It's like, you need to protect yourself. So yeah, yeah that it can be hard. Yeah. And I like that distinction too. You're like, there is a difference between procrastination and just like not doing the work in general. Yeah. 
And you know, it's interesting. I'm I'm actually working closely now with now I'm not I'm not say pushing referral partners because referral for it took me two years to get a good referral partner. But I, I do have a good referral partner now and and they they are financial advisors for for pilots. And I asked them, and it's specifically pilots, and so, and I don't I think they will work with other people, but they're very picky and they have to meet certain requirements. I should ask them what they do to to screen their people. So he said, and I asked him, well, why do you, why do you work with those pilots? And, and he said, well, we want that, that like that personality type, that type one personality that is gets the job done, gets the work done. And we, we don't want clients who are going to just, you know, procrastinate, not just procrastinate, but just not, not do the work. Like we send them notifications month after month, get this done and they don't. And so it was interesting to hear that perspective because that's, that's really ultimately what we want as well. Right. So maybe I'll have to follow up with them. That's a great idea. I, yeah. There is a, a woman who I was working with for some of my process stuff or am working with, and she does financial coaching as well. And we were just chatting and she had some great, like in her initial survey or questionnaire, sorry, before people schedule a meeting, they have to answer certain questions, be okay with what the program price is so that like people know what the program price is ahead of time. And so in that conversation, I was like, oh, there are particular questions I want to ask. It's a also around like scheduling. So like, Hey, I'm available during these days on these times. Does that work for you? Just especially with some like clients on the East coast and West coast, I'm not working after 5 PM on the West coast now. So like, does that work for my West coast clients? Right. East coasters, it's super easy. They get off of work at like six or seven and then, you know, eight or nine or eight o'clock or seven o'clock was good for them. But yeah, just getting, there were some of these things where I was realizing like, Oh, this is leading to me either not having the ideal client who I want, or it's making it harder for me to set boundaries because I wasn't explicit up front. So yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. Ask them how they are doing that. And know that it's, and I think big for me, I don't know if you felt this way, but like sometimes just it, it's hard to feel, or it was hard to feel like I could do that. Kind of like yeah. niching down, right? That it'll stop yeah. people from working with you, but ultimately you get what you want. And then I think at least in my experience, my confidence increased when I got what I wanted because then I'd show up better, which then led to better clients and me, you know, showing up better as a coach. So it was like this positive yeah. loop. Absolutely, because it's hard to get in front of that person that doesn't doesn't get their work done, and then it's it's frustrating. So yeah, you're right. You're a different coach when you're when you're working with them. I like that. I like those additions. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this so I can write those down. I was going to write it down, but I don't have anywhere to write it here. So, so I love great. About you. you always got the notepad out. I do. Your notes. <laughs> I do. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that I haven't asked just about your, your journey that you'd like to share with newer coaches or those who are even considering? Gosh, I mean, I know this is, you're the owner of Financial Coaches Network, but I mean, that has that like that really changed my business truly. And, you know, it's, it's been so important for me, even like still, like I went through it, what a year and a half ago, and I'm, I'm still getting stuff out of it every month. So anybody is, is thinking about it and you're hemming and hawing over it and saying, Oh, it's kind of, it's a lot of money. It's totally worth it. It's definitely worth it. And I'm, I'm, I'm a cheapskate. So I don't like to spend money on things and no new TV. I'm Exactly. See, we wouldn't get a new TV. So, I mean, like, every month I'm getting something out of it. And just like, you know, with the, the software that we get as part of being, being in launch is, is fantastic. And the new, the new um, budgeting software, your spending tracker has been amazing so far. So yeah, if anybody's, if you're debating it, I'd say, you know, you can contact me if you have questions or, or I say, go for it. Awesome. 
Well, thanks for being on. Again, I know yeah. that like live stuff is not the, the thing that you would necessarily be like, let me just do this for fun. But you know, <laughs> I think it's a great, it's really kind of you to share your experience and your journey again, so that coaches who are newer on their journey are still deciding, right? Have a voice that's closer to theirs. So thank you just for taking sure. the time. Yeah, I hope, I hope it helps any, some people. I'm sure you know. did. And um, yeah, we'll be on. Well, you and I won't be on next week. No. Well, maybe. Who see? We should be like, Josh, sorry, man. You're out. Uh, Josh is been, out. It's been real, but like Emily's in. She crushed it. So sorry, man. You're done. Yeah, but nobody asked any questions. So I guess I guess I didn't crush it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get out of here, Emily. We are not having that kind of self-talking here. I'm ending this episode before we go down that road. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.